This is Playing Around with Paige Renee. I'm here. Are you there? PG! Woo! Uh, so we have bad news. Well, we have good news and bad news. First, the good news. Um, hello, everyone. Welcome to our live watch party podcast that we're doing today. We are so excited to have you here. We have Josh and Tori is having some technical difficulties, but she will be in here soon. But now the bad news, the match has been delayed. There's rain. It looks like there's lightning and thunder. So it looks like you guys have to just watch us now. <laughs> it's such it's such a bummer. It's it such is, a bummer. But it is what it is. And they said if it does end up getting canceled today, that they will try again tomorrow. So it, it works out with having, you know, Memorial Day weekend and they have Monday to hopefully make it up. But I don't really want to watch them in the rain. Like I, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with that. So hopefully, hopefully it can all get fixed. Cause nothing is worse than watching people be miserable, play in the rain. That's true. And I got it on just so I like, we'll have it, but I did want to say PG um, and talk to all my push cart mafia out there <laughs> and my bloody Mary people out there. And You're going my full bitch mode today. <laughs> whiskey drinkers out there and because of pro tour i also got my beer it's a snobby beer but it's a beer so i am set to go we have a we have a lot of action regardless of the match too right regardless oh yay we have tori it looks like she is on now so I love it. So gang is all here right now, but I do have a small little update with Push Pushcart Mafia and Pushcart Gate. So here we go. Here we I know, go. You know, guys, I can't even do a podcast or even mention anything without talking about Pushcart Gate. So I got a death threat and <laughs> from a guy and he said, If if you see me on a golf course, better watch out. And he's and this is the best part of the entire death threat he said i'll be the one with the push cart bitch <laughs> two what? thumbs we two thumbs down on that guy what's what's he's but got like a bazooka part, no but the best part about all of it though i think like the way he's thinking is actually right because before i'd look at a guy with a push cart and be like oh okay you know you guys all know what i thought <laughs> but now i look at a guy in the push cart and i'm like that bitch is gonna kill me <laughs> Bitch is gonna kill me. Is it that bitch? Is it that bitch? Is it that bitch? So now I have fear instilled in me. So anytime I see a guy with a push cart, they are no longer a bitch. I'm scared for my own life. You can't say that. You can't. You can't back down. No, no, because you're giving them power. No, and then people are sending me push cart videos, and they sent me one where this guy like pushes pushed his push cart down the hill he's like chasing after it i'm like yeah that really changed my perception on you you're frolicking and skipping down a hill chasing your push cart uh but enough about push cart today we are here for the match and i'm excited we have some really fun guests we have a drinking game that we're going to talk about pro tour is going to be making us a drink and telling us all about it to me i'm bartender. It now with coronavirus <laughs> You, like at the echo is amazing pro tour how do you do that you sound like a goddess i know she's just like echoing from the <laughs> she's like I, I gotta go i gotta figure that out but i'm excited about this match i wish it was tiger and brady i think that would have been the better match two goats 
against the people who've always been second place to them. I feel if they beat them, it would have been like this huge revenge. They could have built a whole storyline around it. Hmm. I see why they didn't, but I think it would have been cool if they did Tiger and Brady together. Okay, so let me, th- but, but here's, here's the other side to that coin. And here's what I was thinking about this. Not a lot of people hate Peyton Manning. There's a lot of people that hate Tom Brady. And that's true. There are some people that hate Tiger Woods, but there's not a lot of people that hate Phil Mickelson. Did you see Phil Mickelson's little hype up video this morning? Yes. Oh my yes. gosh. Wearing those shades that probably cost more than five months of my rent combined. For sure. And I and he was talking about hellacious seeds. Can we just talk about that for a second? Because if, I have if we never have to. I've never heard that term before in talking about a shot. I thought he was talking about his little swimmers this whole time. <laughs> so, Phil's over here talking about his hellacious seed. Can you imagine if that was your pickup line? If you go up to women, you're like, yo, can I plant some hellacious seed in you? Well, maybe it <laughs> might work with you with the, with your breeder rules. <laughs> I Again, I have the mind of like a 10-year-old boy. So, my mind is always in the gutter. And that was the first thing. But if you watch it back now and you think he's talking about his sperm, it's the funniest video of all time. Because he's talking <laughs> about it like going like long and far and fast. And it's just like a classic. So watch it back now and you oh think about it the way that I was thinking about it. Some, someone's got to do that. Someone's got someone with the, with the tech savvy out there. Any of you guys out there uh, that know just do it you know they do it with all us i would love like, to see can that. you imagine like a little sperm with like this phil mickelson sunglasses on and, it just, and like, like calves with like massive calves <laughs> on the tail the tail's got the two tail. big calves yeah yeah so you know that's great <laughs> Sorry, back. out the echo nice perfect timing already i'm like sweating <laughs> Oh god! But I felt like it was good because I don't know anything about golf as always. So keep going, you guys. Tori, if I said "hellacious seed," where would your mind go? It sounds like you're like you're you're a dirty boy. You're a hellacious <laughs> seed. Is that not? <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> so uh, I don't know where he came up with that, but we'll just let Phil be Phil. That's why we all love him. Um, I'm looking forward to the match. Hopefully they learned a lot from the Taylor made match. I don't know. I was like, so my expectations are so high. Okay. So what I thought was uh, immediately I was like, they're trying it again. Of course they're trying it again. It's an, it's a perfect time to try it again. But the fact of the matter is I was like, this is going to suck. But now reading so much more about it and then watching the TaylorMade drive for relief just die on the vine. I think they've upped their game. It really, though, they, they, so the pressure is off of Phil and Tiger a little bit, which is good because, I, look, I know everyone thinks that Tiger's funny, but he's not funny. He's just not, he's just not funny. Oh, no, no, no. Tiger's funny. Tiger's really funny. And that's the thing that it's hard. So these guys, when you see them competing and doing their interviews, they're very different than how they are behind the scenes. And so... I really hope they bring more of the, their personality out because these guys are hilarious. Like, I, I, well, I only know Tiger and Phil. I've never met either Peyton or Tom, but from what I've heard, everyone loves Peyton Manning and he seems 
pretty funny and Tom Brady's hilarious on social media. So I hope they kind of bring that energy to this. But it, like I was saying before, I froze. Um, I've, I always have such high expectations for these matches and I'm always disappointed. So I'm going into this match with no expectations. Like I'm expecting the trash talk to suck. I'm <laughs> expecting them to have no personality. I'm expecting it to just be a complete mess. And so hopefully I'm going in expecting nothing and then I'll be hopefully surprised by how well it goes. I mean, well, they've done this before. This is their second time doing it. And then hopefully they learn from the TaylorMade match. So it should be good. I do hate that they get their individual cards. I, I wish they were all caring because I feel like you're going to lose some of that when they're just kind of like driving next to each other. Like you're, you sure. don't really get to talk much when you're in your own car. So I think that definitely takes away from it. You um, know, we always talk about this, about how we want to get to know them more. And Sazi D S K Han one says Manning is fantastic. He crushed SNL when he did it. So it's interesting that somebody likes the SNL Manning almost more is like more memorable than the pro NFL golfer Manning. That's what I said about Manning. That's what I said. I said he was amazing on SNL. And so I think that he's going to take the pressure off. I think just Tom Brady just being smiley and 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 chiseled will take some pressure off. Every mm-hmm. they're, they're setting it up. There's Barkley there. There's JT. There's uh, Amanda. There's, there's, there's a bunch of different things that's taking the pressure off of any precious moment. But, did, but, but PG, take- I got to say, what's, what's Tom Brady's hat? I can't, I can't see there's too much rain. Is it the, <laughs> the uh, TB12? Yeah, he called it. I mean, that was a good choice. I mean, of drink. course, he's going to go with his own. <laughs> okay, I'll take a drink. Cheers. 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 Cheers, everyone. Oh, Josh's little bitch drink. <laughs> Bloody Mary. I'm, oh, fully, yeah. I'm fully packing, though, Pro Tour. I got the whiskey and, and I got the beer. That's a good whiskey. I'm proud of you. Wait, I, I have a question though. So, did Payne Manning do SNL after he was retired, like when he was done playing, or um, was it during? I, it was during. I think it might have been. Remember, he took some time between Indianapolis and Denver. Maybe someone knows that, but I'm, 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 I'm pretty sure he was still active. Okay. Well, because I was wondering if, because I don't know too much about Payne Manning. I didn't follow his career too closely. A little bit more when he played for the Broncos, since I was born in Colorado but yeah go Broncos but did he did he have more of a personality after so do you sense that like I feel like a lot of these guys once they retire then they start to kind of come into their own because they're not worried about one competing but also sponsorships and you know everything else like it's you should have a personality when you're doing media work or you're really not going to have a job outside of just playing professional so I feel like these guys start to kind of come into their own I think that's what's so hard about this is that Phil, Tiger, and Tom, they're still competing. Like, they can't ever let their guard down or they can never, you know, be a certain weight because I think that will affect them when they're competing. I, I think that's very valid. Um, and, and look, so with Tom and with Peyton, they're both really big team players mm-hmm. and the team, they put the team forward. So, like, when, when Peyton would, uh, would do his media after a game, he would talk sports. He would talk the he – would, he wouldn't take it lightly. He would always go very seriously. And the same with – I mean, I got to hand it to Brady. I mean, Brady does, uh, you know, talk team, live team, talks about his O-line, you know. So – these guys are also so team oriented with football that they can 
that they don't they don't have that luxury that Tiger and Phil have where they can hang their hat on their on them on just themselves. Um, so I think I think you're right. I think that's a good point. I think that Manning probably was a, a lightened up or was a, able to lighten up after he retired. Okay, so who do we have winning today? What team, Josh? Uh, oh, Tiger, Tiger Payton. Tori? Well, I don't know if you guys saw my image, but I picked my push cart daddy of the day for this tournament. <laughs> <laughs> and it's Tom Brady. So, Team Tom. Team Tom. Ooh, who should – well, Josh, you went with Tiger. So, I'll go with Phil, and maybe we can put a little – bet on this match that's happening today done what if, do you want to bet if tank tank top no okay yeah so if <laughs> if you lose you have to wear a tank top to a public golf course and if i lose i have to use a push cart for the rest of the year josh is gonna have better cleavage in that tank top than i ever would so done so, so done. done documented documented <laughs> I love it. So should we go over our drinking game? Yes. Really fast. Yeah, before I'm done with my drink. Yeah, Josh is just like guzzling his <laughs> Bloody Mary over there. Yeah, it's apple juice. It's not even a drink. <laughs> Do you have bacon and <laughs> you need a little straw in there too. You guys are too young to talk so much shit. <laughs> I don't even get hangovers, time. so you know. <laughs> Okay, so we created the match drinking game. We had a ton of them, but we also want to be responsible and not have you guys blacked out within 30 minutes. So <laughs> we narrowed it down to our top five, and we have a little special one. So the first one is every cheesy trash talk attempt, you take a sip. You take a sip for every club twirl. You take a sip every time they say go. Take a sip every time Phil hits a fairway. You take a sip for every Payne Manning State Farm commercial. <laughs> and my all-time favorite, you drink all the alcohol you have in your house if Bill Murray, if Bill Murray shows up because he knows it's going to be a disaster and it'll just ruin it. Ew, that's the worst shirt ever. <laughs> you guys have no idea who that, you that are. That counts as is. a drink. That you counts have... as a drink. You need oh. a drink right now for wearing that shirt. I want to. I want to hear from. I want to see some uh, Bill Murray. Yes or or mess. I want to see it on the on the scroll. I'm. I, and by the way, the Chiefs. We're not talking about the Chiefs. <laughs> no, no more Chief talk. Um, and Tori, it says Pro Tour. Dang it, Tori's hot. I'm just saying. I'm just reading. I'm it's because I don't. I don't drink bitch drinks. So you know, oh it's hard. God. Yeah. I will say, We're guys, not- no, 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 hold on. Before we get into our very special guest that's coming up, Tori is single and she is looking for a daddy. So this is a great opportunity for any of you who are single to put in the chat, um, you know, your your likes, your dislikes, who you are, you know, just, mm. just a little resume for Tori. You never know what will happen. You know, do you like long walks on the beach? Do you <laughs> dislike margaritas or Bloody Marys? Like, what what is your thing? Because Tori is pretty particular about her drink selection. But she does like a guy with a push cart. So we know that. Daddy vibes. You know I'm here for it. two-time Super Bowl champion and all around just an amazing person 
Chris Long is joining us today. Um, he is one of my favorites. He's a champion. There he is. How are we doing? We're good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm trying to figure this thing out. Like it's pouring rain. How are they going to play golf? I don't understand. I, I have no idea. Who do you have winning the match today? Um, God, oh. for all I know, it could be Vijay Singh. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I don't watch golf. <laughs> we talked about this wow. on the pod the other day, though. You uh, you never picked a winner, though. <laughs> so winner. we, I finally decided I'm going with Phil, but by default because my co-host Josh picked Tiger, and so we have a little bet on it now. What up, Josh? <laughs> what up, man? So it's uh, it's gonna be interesting, but I don't think they're gonna end up playing at all today. I mean, playing in the rain is horrible. What do you? So what do you think is worse, playing in the rain for golf or for football? Oh man, I would say probably playing in the rain for golf because you got no like your body temperature doesn't rise. It's like the same thing that coaches like always bitch on the sidelines about being cold. Or like yeah, because you're not running. Uh, like I never minded playing in cold. I never minded playing in the rain. It was actually kind of fun, but the hot was what killed me. Like 95 in September, like an away game in Miami or Tampa. It's like the worst thing if you open up down there. So I don't know. Like I would kind of have fun with it. I would get sauced and just play. For charity. Like you can't play in the rain for charity. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know, though. I feel like these guys are a little prima donna, and they're like, no, no, no. We're not going to play the in the rain today. <laughs> well, well, you know you know one of them quarterbacks pretty well, don't you? I do. I do. I, I Well, I mean, how well can you truly know Tom Brady? <laughs> Good. That, there's more there. Please. You know, I, 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 I guess – you know, it's funny being friends with like Tom or like what you would consider being friends with Tom, which is that like if we ran into each other, we'd, we'd speak. You know, he's he's uh, he's a legend, man. And he treats everybody on the team really well, treats every guy in the 53 the same. But he's not the guy that you're like, yo, Tom, I'm going to let me get your cell. Like, let's <laughs> weekend. like he's got big time things going on. You know, that's what that's what Paige is like. Is that, is that what Paige is like? <laughs> I don't no. have her sell. I don't have her sell. <laughs> well, I got to say, though, so if you were doing a match against Tom Brady, would you rather have him as a teammate or would you rather play against him? Who would my teammate if, – if, okay, so then, like, I would have Peyton, I guess. I would rather have Peyton as a teammate. I think Peyton's, Peyton's hilarious. And that's not taking anything away from Tom. <laughs> I love Tom. He was a great teammate. But Peyton's legitimately one of the funniest people I've ever played with. And he talks a little more shit than Tom, I feel like. Or, like, his shit talk's going to be better than Tom's shit talk. Like, Tom's going to have, like, the real can talking point <laughs> shit talk that, like, is out of, like, an old NFL films thing. Like, Peyton is going to – you know, Peyton was mixing it up with Tom in the pre-interviews. He was, like, taking jabs at Tom. So, like, Peyton, they say, is one of the all-time classic teammates. I'd want to have Peyton. Do you think they're actually going to shit talk? Because every time they do these matches, it's always, like you were saying, just a very, like, cheesy, you know, typical lines that everyone always goes for. As long as – if I'm Peyton, I'm always afraid of the trump card, which is, like, six rings. You know, like, that's the fucked up part is, like, you could be talking shit to Tom all day and he could just wait and be like, hey, six rings. Yeah. And like, <laughs> so so I, I guess if they keep it to golf, I think there's going to be some friendly banter. Um, and also these guys have a pretty good relationship. So I think there'll be shit talk, but like I don't know how that works with the with the uh, the, the monsoon and all that, like in the audio and the mic. <laughs> I know, and we were we were talking about this on your podcast the other day, but just getting more people interested in golf. As someone who 
likes golf but isn't highly invested in it, does watching this match make you want to get into golf more or are you just kind of like whatever about it? You know, and we talked about this the other day, this uh, this makes me want to watch golf more because there's like some novelty to me. I mean, like I want to watch the chaos. I want to watch the imperfection. If I was to watch like a bunch of guys that are professionals play, no offense to those guys, but they're really good at it. I know golf is a really imperfect game, but I like the chaos. I like the imperfection. And so like this would draw me in more as a viewer. You know what makes me want to watch play golf more is all my buddies that seem to get hall passes all the time to go get blackout <laughs> all day. It's the bar. It's an outside bar. It's the biggest husband cheat code on the planet. Like, honey, I'm going to play golf. They seem to get a pass every time. If I said, honey, I'm going to the dive bar for six hours and, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to merge blackout drunk in the 6 PM sunlight. You would judge me. <laughs> That's why you this play golf. a judgment free zone here but you got you have to wing we had this discussion on the last podcast do you think bloody mary's are a bitch drink no because i saw my man drinking one i love bloody mary <laughs> actually it was funny it was funny i logged in here and this shit is really intimidating to do stuff like this for me electronically uh but the first thing that made me feel better was you were drinking a bloody and so i ran downstairs i had eight minutes and i fixed myself a uh a um a Moscow mule. I just Ooh, uh, made nice. the liquor store today for the first time in months and tastes good. So nice. story, do you change your stance on blood these being a bitch drink now that Chris Long <laughs> likes his bloody Mary? <laughs> I'm so sorry. I can't. It's just like it's oh. literally tomato juice and it's like, where's your Capri Sun? Stick a straw in it and like go play on the playground. Hey, it's I like, love it's a Capri bitch- Sun right now. <laughs> <laughs> So you just complimented Bloody Marys the way I look at it. Like, <laughs> no, you know what? I, the, the only time you should drink them is in the morning or like when you're starting your day, in my opinion. Yes, agreed. Agreed. So that means you get hangovers and you're being a baby about it. So you're like, give me a Bloody Mary. All of it just screams fish drink, you guys. You know what? I, I Honestly, I don't know if there's a hangover cure. I think we waste so much time as as adults reading about bogus hangover cures or trying new shit like you just got to grin and bear it It, nothing has ever worked for me i'll say that like the one time that i was so reason why i like stopped drinking heavily is i was so hungover and i was laying in bed staring at the sky and i'm like i'm i'm gonna die like this is the way i'm going out i'm gonna die from a hangover and that was that but you know what Paige? you gotta you gotta have more stick-to-itiveness i've at least thought about sudden death on 50 hangover occasions and I pushed them all. Right. See, but, but that's why you're a two-time Super Bowl champion and I'm an Instagram hoe. So no. maybe that is why. I'm not, no. You got it in you. You just got to push through. Okay, I'll hey, work on that. Hey, Chris, speaking of, I don't know if you and Paige talked about this before, but, you know, what do you – where are you on the stance about uh, uh, being called a bitch by a, a female? By a female? Yes. I mean, like, generally – that usually more so happens with like other males, like on an athletic field. And it's, it's kind of a taboo thing for some guys. They really don't like that term. I've never been called a bitch by a female. Um, but like, obviously what am I going to do? It's a girl. I'm not going to like, we're not going back and forth on it. Like you got it. Like it, it can't end in physicality. It's a, it's a woman. So like, you know, it's just, it's, if a guy on the football field says it to me, I'm not one that takes it extremely personally. There's some guys who take that word like so personal. It's crazy. It's like, it's a trigger point for these guys. 
We're I finding that, that out. <laughs> yeah, so Paige is finding that out. She who, called, who, caught, who got called a bitch? So uh, do you know what a push cart is? Uh-uh. So it's basically like this little trolley that you put your clubs on and you push it when you play. I see them all the time out my window, these old guys. Yeah, yeah, so I called guys who use push carts bitches and it's become this huge thing now. I'm getting like death threats over it and guys are not happy that I called them a bitch for using a push cart. Well, to be be honest, they are kind of bitches um, because... If you have the money for a push cart, you should probably just get a golf cart. Now, I know there's probably some <laughs> courses that don't allow you, you to ride golf cart carts. And I know there's some people that really like to exercise of pushing their or carrying their bags. Like, shut up, dude. Ride, ride <laughs> an exercise bike and then can go ride your golf cart. Like, that is not exercise. That's an inconvenience. So, like, when I see these guys, the first time I saw it, I told you I live near a golf course. I'm watching outside. And these, this old guy is just calmly walking by this golf cart that's just careening down the hill. And I'm like, you're going to lose your golf cart. Like, I'm, like, going to run out in Good Samaritan. He's got this little stupid-ass remote. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a bitch-ass move. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And that's coming from a champion. So I mean, it like, must be a true take. <laughs> two times. It's just – it's a personal sentiment. I don't think, you know – listen, I'm – I'm not one of these guys that's going to shame dudes for doing things that are soft because I do things that are soft sometimes. That just happens to be one that I'm going to thumb my nose at a little bit in the golf. <laughs> no, I like it. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk about – we'll get off the bitch subject for a second. So you are a two-time Super Bowl champion back-to-back. Back. Which one meant more to you? This is hard to say, but it's easy. Uh, the, the Eagles mm-hmm. because – and this isn't like every New England fan – hears this and takes it as like a slight it's certainly not but when you're a part of the fifth one in 20 years somewhere you're part of a a process a factory you know I joined coming off an eight-year career in St. Louis where I wasn't sure how much longer I wanted to play and I had to go ring chase like there's no doubt about it in football you know it's like in basketball if you join LeBron's team or some super team like you know you're going to have a good shot to win but even in football 32 teams there's no you know, Tom and the Pats would have gone about a decade without winning a Super Bowl if it hadn't been for Malcolm Butler. So, like, there's no foregone conclusion on winning Super Bowls. So, like, when I went to when I went to New England, long story short, it was a bit of a ring chase. I got what I wanted. I busted my ass. But Philly, you have to consider this is a team that never won a Super Bowl. We were picked to be in the bottom five in the league, bottom of our division. We won with a backup quarterback. We were underdogs in every playoff game. And we beat Tom and like LeGarrette Blunt and myself got to beat our old team. It was special, man. That 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 city is a really special city sports wise and gets a gets a bad rap, honestly. I was gonna ask you, uh, as far as fans go, I mean, talk about St. Louis, you Boston and Philly. What who do you go with? So they so they they all have a different special place in my heart. And this isn't me being political, this is just me being real because I have a hard time picking my favorite anything, but I would say St. Louis because they were so loyal, we would go one and 15 and two and 14, like perpetually because we had bad ownership and a bad team. And these folks would just show up and show up and they got their team stolen from them. And like my foundation is important to me. That started in St. Louis. They gave us the lift, the momentum to get things done off the field that I've been able to get done. New England, listen, it was a business relationship between the fans and me, but there's always been this respect. Um, you know, like when I meet a New England fan, they respect and appreciate guys that stopped in. I was there for a year. Um, and then Philly, like I think 
Philly is a place that's a football home for me forever because St. Louis left. They're in L.A. now. I don't have a home. Like, there's nothing I can go back to, which is kind of sad to be like, hey, I want to catch an old game. Like, L.A. Rams are different than the St. Louis Rams. It's just almost like a different franchise. For in sure. Philly, I go back and, like, literally that city, if you were on that team and you were a big part of it, like, they love you forever. So Philly, for me, is probably my, my fan home away from home. Uh, I can always go back to a game. If you had to come back, which team would you want to play for? The Eagles. I mean, like, um, yeah, the Eagles. Yeah, it, it was something different about running out of the tunnel at the link and, like, connecting with those Philly fans. I don't know if it was the blue-collar thing, but I met my match, like, with people. Like, it was like they just understood me. I understood them. And I don't know if that was a good thing because for years I heard that they were just, like, the devil incarnate. They're <laughs> fucking awesome people. Um, and they're passionate, and they had waited and waited for that championship, so they're loyal. I, lo- I, I love those guys. That's awesome. And one thing about you that I've always admired and everything that you do to give back to charity is really inspiring. We always talk about athletes kind of making statements, but they never really hold their word. And I feel like you're a guy who kind of like talk is cheap. I'm going to show you. You you know gave up your salary in 2017 for charity and your foundation. I mean, you give back to clean water, the military, um, youth in need, literally everyone who needs help. You're like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna help you. I'm gonna do what I need to do. Has that always been a passion of yours to try to help others? Well, first, I um, I don't deserve all the credit there because I just have a lot of ADD, so I can't sit still. So I have to do things. Uh, I'll help you. I'll help you. I'll help you. Yeah, I have to, you know, stay involved. Whether that's the podcast, like whether that's the charity, whether it's Waterboys, which we started. And I love people. I just love networking with people that like to do good. And like, so Waterboys, which is awesome. We bring a bunch of NFL players to the table. We've had over 30 NFL players involved. We've had NBA players involved. We're we're moving into the English Premier League. That networking, that saying like, okay, this is bigger than me. Because if I started a clean water initiative, especially with some outside the box is clean water. I mean, where it started for me was in East Africa. I went to climb Killy and came back loving this cause. So try selling that in your market alone where you play. It's hard enough. So enlisting other people to say, I can't do this alone. That's what I love about it. Whether it was Waterboys or educational equity, which we did in Philly, you know, the only reason I publicized donating my salary was because I promise you, because it made me uncomfortable to do it because everybody thinks you're some, you know, attention seeking little bitch, you know, to to use the B word again. Mm -hmm if they don't like the cause, like if, if, if people, and there are people who are mad that I donated my salary to social justice causes, <laughs> but like the city met me halfway and doubled my investment in it. And that's why I did it. So like, it's, it's bringing people together. It's doing something good with your platform. Otherwise you waste it. I've had 11 years in the NFL. I'm very lucky. Um, so I would just say like, this is the, this is the prerequisite. I, I, I don't think I'm doing anything extraordinary. I think I have my chance. I made the most of it, you know, but you also called people. I mean, you also you raised. I mean, how many pumps are you at now? Because I know so your goal was thirty two. Yeah. So thanks for asking. We're at like uh, we're we're nearing a hundred uh, large solar powered wells, and they and they serve communities of up to seventy five hundred people. So we're so we've been able to give over three hundred thousand people the gift of clean water. I know that for some people, hearing that that's going on in Tanzania and Kenya, although it is a it's a humanitarian crisis, like. Don't get it twisted. The, the way of life there is just so different than here. And without seeing it, 
you know, just like me before I traveled, being a, a meathead football player and not being able to travel for so long, like it wasn't apparent to me. So whether it's bringing veterans over there to climb Killy or bringing players over, it's eye opening. And the best part is now we're moving back domestically to do some domestic work to balance it out. We're doing hometown uh Hometown H2O, which is basically we, we do wells in um, Native American reservations, schools, uh, you know, rural communities that are getting forgotten because it's not all Flint. And Flint would not be I can't tell you how many people that ask us when you put in a well in Flint. I'm like, how do you propose we do that? Do you think we're just going to put a big solar well down on Main Street right. and it's going to be a community shared deal? Like that's a city of 100,000 people. Um we're better suited to help smaller communities and that's what we're doing in rural America. And so I love balancing the domestic with the, with the international work. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And, and like, I, I, I've had the fortune of going to Africa and I was in some remote places in like uh, Namibia and Botswana and all these oh, places. Oh, I always want to go to Botswana. Oh, the Okavanga Delta. It's just amazing. But, awesome. but you want to talk about water is everything there so and yeah. and i do understand that you're going to get the challenge of why not flint michigan but but what you're doing in africa is is yeah. life it's it's literally life and as you know it's such it's not only a multifaceted solution but the problem is so multifaceted number one it stifles education i mean kids are missing time in school which is the same case in in the united states i struggled in school my entire i mean i was a moron like i was a c student like it, i really struggled to focus to do my work Imagine if I was dehydrated. Imagine if I didn't have school supplies. Imagine if, like, it's hard enough for us to do the bare minimum with all our, with how lucky we are. And so, like, you look at kids over there, they're missing school. It's a burden on women and girls. They're the ones who shoulder that burden in sub-Saharan Africa as well as around the world. They're making five, seven-mile treks, dangerous treks, with unspeakable things happening to them on those treks to gather unclean water that we would not go swimming in. Like, you and I, we look at that watering hole they're getting the water from, they're like, Fuck no. That's where cows are defecating. That's where livestock is like, you know, doing their business and and, and they're coming home. And if they're lucky, they're trying to boil it. Um, but it, it wrecks the agriculture, it wrecks the, the economic development, it wrecks the academic, um, you know, opportunity for kids. And so the solution is multifaceted as well, which I think to your point is water is life. Kids are dying, but there's also so many great ways to get involved. Well, good on you for doing that. I mean, that's really inspiring. And I feel like a lot of people don't even, we live almost like in a bubble here. We don't even think about what's going on outside. And for you to use your platform and your voice to make a difference is amazing. And you are now killing it in media too. You have your podcast. Right. And how, how has that been to be able to have your own platform to talk about whatever you want to talk about? Well, that's the key part. The last thing you said is the key part. I'm going it alone. Um, I don't I didn't join like a big group. I didn't never wanted to work for like an ESPN or like, you know, not to say I could or that's some foregone conclusion. But I just I like Oh, you could. Oh, you could. Well, 11 years getting told what to do by motherfuckers who couldn't do what I do. <laughs> I don't want to hear it anymore. I don't yeah. want bosses. You know, I got enough bosses in my life. I got two kids and my wife, Meg, and. Uh, you know, like I am maxed out on bosses. If I had to walk upstairs and do my podcast and somebody tell me, we don't want to talk about this today. You can't say that I would lose my mind. But the flip side of that is it's hard. You kind of bootstrap it. I mean, the distribution is not there. Now on a good pod, we get 25,000 people listening. If I have a big guest and it really hits and it's topical, but I have to watch some people just drop in on some, on platforms that have distribution. I'm like, damn, it, that would be the easy way. But 
I do, I do like staying the course. And also like, I don't measure things all by numbers because for me to get more numbers, if somebody were to tell me I had to change the way I do my podcasting, I would be like, no, thanks. So I'm doing what I want to do. I don't have a boss. Um, some days I wake up and I don't feel like talking, which is hard to believe because once the microphone's on, I got to go and I go, but I don't know about you Paige. Some days I'm just like, I'm not in the mood. Like, yeah. or there's nothing I'm interested by today and you got to go anyways. No, I think that's definitely the hardest part and always trying to be entertaining. But I think that's where it's easier, where you can be unfiltered and talk about whatever you want to talk about. Do you ever feel like you wish you didn't, though? Sometimes I feel where I'll say something and I feel like it's a great take. And then you see the public's reaction. You're like, oh, whoa, like, how are we not even on the same page? Or like, what's going on here? Like, how do you deal with getting hate for things that you say? As you know, the Internet is mental. I mean, like, it truly is. And I'm talking people that agree with me on things and people that disagree with me on things. They're all fucking mental. Um, And unfortunately, the way that most people are exposed to the, you know, this medium podcasting is sound bites. Mm -hmm. It's clickbait. You know, so if I'm and this was one of the reasons I got into podcasting, I was so exhausted by people taking things I said out of context and out of out of tone. You know, you could say something in a really casual tone and people put it in size 30 font all cap bold mm-hmm. with a picture of you flexing on the field and you look like the most self-important prick in the world so like for me the ability to just turn it on do nuance you know if you really want to hear my take you got to listen um that's great but there's always going to be people who criticize you it seems like our society's just gotten so much more critical even in the last decade um and it's just even more and more so i think that you know, like for you, I mean, you, you've talked about bullying online and stuff and like people just being in your shit all the time and judging you. It sucks because you do put yourself out there when you pod, like when and I know everybody has a podcast, but like you're putting yourself out there and it sucks because you hit send and, you know, people could really crush you for it. But, you know, I, I, I feel like for the most part, if you're nuanced and you do your homework and you care about what you're talking about, it, it comes through and people appreciate it. Yeah, no, 100%. But no, it's 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 hard. And especially with podcasting, because it's such long form media where it's like, you have to talk for over an hour, you're gonna say something stupid eventually. So it's yeah. definitely nerve wracking. Um, but what do you have coming up next for you? Because I know you're a man always on the move. I am on the move. Uh, next, I'm gonna finish putting together this Weber grill. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, we, we moved in an old house. I, we had this old piece of crap Weber grill and uh I went out and got a new one so I'm trying to to flex my dad muscles and um put the thing together <laughs> you just I'm turned struggling. Tori on so much by speaking saying that. Of dads. <laughs> Spe- speaking, speaking of, of dads. dads yeah go Tor. so Tor's I don't know story. my dad well first of all he played for the Eagles as well um that was his first team uh unpopular opinion but he created the bible study on there but yeah you know you gotta ask him if you know wait what's your what was your dad's name dean moraldi dean moraldi yeah and he also played with your dad on the raiders and they were the same draft class in the college all-star game and then uh the blue gray game yeah yeah, and he nicknamed my dad Utah because he went to Utah. We're not Mormon, but you know. And um you uh they both smoked a cigar when my brother was born. 
Whoa, I see him. This is, yeah, this is awesome. (laughs) So little connection, but I think the Eagles organization is amazing. It's my dad has like his heart. He's with the Broncos, Raiders and Eagles. So he played 10 years. So he has his heart like in other little places, but the Eagles, he said is like on any other organization. Philly takes your heart, man. It really does. does. If you play in Philly, I know some people get irritated when they go play in Philly, like at the vet, people got hit with batteries. I've heard about all that stuff. And, you know, everyone knows about booing Santa Claus. And that might've been around when your dad was playing. (laughs) Maybe, maybe, I don't know. But they also, they also love the people that play there. If you bump your ass and you play unselfish and you, you, you just go out there and, and, and give it your all. Like they really love you. So that's crazy. Your dad and my dad play. This is a small world. I know it's such a small world, but it's an awesome like legacy to have. Um, like I realized it's like really connected me to a lot of people and I'm like, Oh, like you knew my dad when his reckless face. (laughs) (laughs) We breed them well. We breed them well. (laughs) All this Eagles talk though is making me a bit nauseous. I'm a Steelers fan. Oh, yeah, I know that about you. Did that play a pit or something? Yeah, he did. Uh, they won the national championship. Just when a he little natty. But I, ugh, Eagles. But I'll, I'll support it. Whatever. Hey, <laughs> can, I, can I ask one more thing? Real yeah. quick? Hey, Chris. So, look, first of all, I loved your dad. I love the Raiders. I, I love, see the cat. I love what, what and you and your brother, you're like the, the cooler Manning family with all your rings. <laughs> and, and then, but, but, and I, and I would say you, you, you walk the walk and I'm so, um, I respect the hell out of you, but one of my favorite things, and I had a question that goes with it is your parade ready outfit was so dope. And then I, yeah. but I wanted to ask why Iverson? Iverson. Okay. So wait, tell, tell Paige what you wore. First off, I'll give you the story. <laughs> like two days before, because when you have a parade, if you're planning for a parade more than three days out, that means you're you're not focused on the game. Yeah. Because the parade is like you hit the ground running when you go back to your city. Like you have one night to gather yourself. You could either keep the party going from after the Super Bowl, because it's like if you play Super Bowl on Sunday, you get really hammered on Sunday night. You don't sleep. Then the team playing comes back Monday. So Monday night, you're faced with a choice. You either go get drunk to keep it going, or then you you rest up for the parade, which is the best thing about winning a Super Bowl. (laughs) Um, And and we all were sick coming off that Eagles-Patriots Super Bowl because it was up in Minnesota. It was zero degrees. We were staying in the Mall of America. The Pats are on one side. We're on the other. Everybody's breathing germs back and forth. Everybody has, like, the flu almost. You know, I, I was sick, like, going into the game, and I thought to myself, all I could think about was, like, I know I can play through the game, but can I drink through the parade? I need to, I need to, I need to really get some rest Monday night. So Monday night, I start looking things up. I'm like, I'm going to Mitchell and Ness to try to find an AI jersey. I got this costume sh- store to overnight, that big mink in L.A., never returned it, ate the deposit. Um but Alan is from Virginia. He's from uh, two hours away from me. He's really close with uh, my godson's father, one of my best friends, um, Marcus Hagens. We played together in uh, in college at Virginia, and him and AR are really tight. Same same area, Hampton, Bethel, that type of thing. And so AI hand delivered, had his guy hand deliver a pair of AIs and a jersey the night before at one in the morning. Hand delivered to the door. 
I got my outfit together last minute and woke up the next morning ready to rock. I was super afraid of like the reaction because I was like, I'm not, it's not a look at me thing, but like we just fucking did the impossible. I'm going to put on a man. Yes. I'm going to lift this thing up. And now all these kids are like Halloween characters. They, they got their little furs and their AI jerseys. So I'm really happy that it came together like that. That was taken at six in the morning in Fairmount, Philly, the whole night. I'm 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 trying to sleep. You know when you gotta wake up early <laughs> fun and you can't sleep? Yeah. I'm trying to sleep. There's people outside chanting E-A-G-L-E-S. I'm waking up. It's people in the park. I'm thinking it's oh shit, I overslept. It's two, three, four in the morning. Like people are not fucking sleeping. So I wake up and get it going and I had a couple bloody Marys. <laughs> I swear to you. Some bitch, drinks, some bitch drinks in your back pocket. Yeah. <laughs> we actually drank a lot of the George Clooney tequila. That was the costume. Oh, ultimate Clooney. daddy vibe right mm-hmm. there. Wow. How do you look better when you're that, like, you age? Like, I got to know how you age that well. Like, George, it's, let it's, me know. It's, it's the tequila. It's called the, the devil's lettuce. <laughs> As we speak. I got it right here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> No, but we had a great day. I ended up in a cop car, but not in a bad way. <laughs> the, the police gave me and my wife a ride home from, from the from the when me and Lane Johnson went to talk. I couldn't tell you I remember much going up, leading into that thing. It was really terrifying to give a speech at a wedding, but to give one in front of a million people. Billy. <laughs> Philly fans, by the way. Is yeah. that, I mean, is that nerve wracking though? Being completely blacked out in front of all of those people, I would, I would, I don't know. I'd probably end up with like no clothes on and like who knows what else. Like you I don't know, trust I, myself. I had practiced the year before and uh, had a great time, so I knew what to expect in in New England. But Philly was another animal because these people have been waiting half a century. And then on top of that, by the time we got to the steps, they were letting people talk, and people went and got me and Lane. They were like, "Y'all got to say something." At this point. You know, I, I had that like I just got off a, a river float blackout. At <laughs> you know, like that that buzz. And um, I'm thinking to myself, like, I felt like the kid in line for like a really scary, you know, high dive or like a rock jump. And I'm like, I'm watching guys go and Kelsey goes and Kelsey's is legendary. And I'm just sitting there and we could fuck this up like, really bad. <laughs> Really bad, uh, but we, we we kept it together and we were fine. And uh, when it was over, I was happy. Never made it out that night. Fell asleep for a nap. Never made it out. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Thank you so much yeah. for spending all this time with us. And where can everyone find you? I know you have your Green Light podcast and you want to yeah. share your socials. Yeah, um, my Twitter is Joel nine one J O E L number nine O N E, and then. <laughs> Instagram, just search me. I can't remember how to spell it. It's like, it's, <laughs> Blanca 95, like Kenny Powers. And then Greenlight Pod, that's uh, that's the podcast. We, we're usually on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and uh, I'm loving it. So check it out. Thank you so much, Paige. Awesome. Thanks, Chris. Hope to see you again soon. Thank you all. Good to see you. All right. Harry Pops, hi, too. <laughs> see ya. Sorry. Okay, I just, I just how joined How are you right now? <laughs> I'm trying to keep I, it together. I, I, I was like, watching you the whole time and just like seeing what he was saying. I hope he's off right now because he's super uncomfortable. Me too. Because he's married and has like the cutest family ever. But like he's de- like, but this is like the ultimate compliment to have like a baby and a wife and still maintain your hotness. It's like a new level of hotness. You know what I mean? 
Oh, that every time I you would talk, I'd like yeah. look down at you and you'd be like, <laughs> I will have to say, I'm gonna keep adjusting because I'm wearing jeans for like the first time in like 10 months. Oh, so and that's I'm what like, you were doing. Okay, oh, just to make sure. <laughs> Listen, that's the reason, okay? <laughs> live golf going on right now oh. oh here comes the hellacious seed right here pg are you up they're and starting the oh, naughty boys oh he's planting his seed yeah he's, he's, he's hellacious seed right here are you a bad seed Teen off with an iron We're, are we on the are we are we is this modified or are we going from oh he's missed the fairway no okay. one drinks no one drinks you know oh. what everybody should just drink because why not you know and everyone, so I have a take. I think that PGA professionals should be able to wear shorts at all events. Maybe not majors. I know people want to keep the tradition, but they're wearing shorts. And I think they look good. I mean, Tiger Woods' shorts are so long, they're practically pants. So why? Yeah. He's wearing yeah, like those, mom those capris. Like, yeah, those, oh, <laughs> yeah, they're like Dickies or Carhartt or something because they're they look like rigid. Dickies! I'm gonna pee my pants. I forgot about Dickies. <laughs> I will say it's really hard to find the level of hotness on a guy's short because there is such thing as being too short on a guy. But now, like, the knee length is too much. You got to go, like, a couple inches right above. Yeah, I think Peyton's short length actually looks pretty good. Yeah, but I agree with you. But if, like, a guy is wearing longer shorts, it makes their body look so disproportionate. So I right. think always get shorts a little just above your knee. But don't do, like, the, well, I don't know. I kind of like a guy in some short shorts. It's a little bit like, on. Do you like Josh's chubby. green shorts? Do you oh, like, wait. Uh, oh, oh. Oh, it's wait, those pink or red? I don't know. Oh, are those the ones that you wore before that we hated? These are the ones that you hated. These are the ones you hated. No but. Oh. No but. You're, you're the, my dad's going to sue you. My daddy's a lawyer. Those <laughs> are those pants. He just needs some, like, boat shoes. And, <laughs> Okay, I just want to say something. So, so they've got Samuel L. Jackson um, announcing these guys. Are you seeing this? I saw that one. It, I thought it. I thought it was Charles Barkley, and he's in. Was... The, Barkley's calling it, but Jackson's doing the introduction. Can we talk about Tom Brady just snap hooking it off the first hole with an iron? Here, we, here we go. Let's go. Let's see. Hey, you guys, PGM18 Smith said, you guys are two drinks behind. Goat has already been said twice. Oh, chug, thank chug, you. Chug. Uh, I'm already out of, just to let everybody know, it's been asked a few times. This is Corona Extra, not Corona Light, because I'm not a bitch. Thank you very much. Oh, my much. God. Oh, my God. Here we go. Snap hook. What do you say? What do you, what do you, what do you think know. of it? swing? He's wearing the double glove. Payne is double gloving it. Oh, he snap hooked it. You're right. Anytime you wear a double glove, you're you're going to hook it. He's wearing those like rain rain gloves that, that there's uh, no way. I never understood why someone in the rain would then put another glove on. Well, because they just, work because they're special rain gloves. They work. I got it. But you I, but you completely lose your grip. It's so much better just to have your towel wipe off your grip and because it'll feel the same. But once you put a little bit, I mean don't don't double glove it. It's not necessary. One's enough. Okay. All right. All right. 
are they bitches then? Did you just call them bitches? <laughs> you just call Tom Brady a bitch? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't think double gloving it is a bitch move. I just think it's it's just it doesn't make you a bitch for wearing another glove because I've definitely done that where I've like when it's cold and you want to warm your hands, I've worn two, but it's not the right thing to do. Like if you're going to do that, you should practice wearing two gloves. They don't practice at all. Okay. I'm just going to tell you, you were right. Only one person found the fairway out of three. Remember oh, we so, talked about this. We well, talked it was about not this two filled, weeks ago. So we can't drink yet. <laughs> yeah. So, so Tiger's the only one that hit the fairway. Peyton, we can't even see where the ball went. Listen, as much as I love golf talk, I just ran out of my first drink when I was pre-gaming, the ultimate drink. I am now bartender tour. Oh, is this but happening? Wait, do we need a bartender Tory intro? Welcome to Bar Par with Tory. Bar, par, bar, par, bar, par with pro tour, tour, tour. Bar, par, bar. Yeah, that we're gonna get a lot of complaints on that. Song. Yeah, jo- Josh, one one was enough. Let's just do one, and we're done. <laughs> that was amazing. You guys have no idea. You guys, you guys are barely learning about music at your age. Listen, I need a drink to forget that one. All oh. right, so here's what we're making: a tequila Tulum, and this ain't Ooh. no bitch drink because when you think about Tulum, you're thinking sexy, you're thinking bikini, you're thinking getting tan and golden on a beach. You're like, thinking Paige Renee Sports Illustrated. Okay, so here's what we're gonna do. So like we, like Chris and I bonded over, we love George Clooney. So we are using some Casamigos. Woo! And we have some tequila. Then you're gonna need limes, cut up. Some margarita mix. Usually I use organic, but we went with some Jose Cuevo mix right there. Are you getting paid for this? <laughs> Yeah, they're all my brands. Oh crap! I just stained my um my bed comforter. <laughs> what color? Why are you making a drink on your bed? Because it's all about the best audio, and I'm in an enclosed compass right here. Okay, so here we got raspberries and pineapple. All right, so you're gonna blend this together. That's kind of bitchy. Josh, can we can we mute you for a second? This is Tori's moment to shine. Bar tour doesn't allow any bitches in, okay? Uh, I'm I'm muting myself. I just ruined my comforter for this. All right, so you're going to squeeze a couple limes in there. You can always do it after, but I like it to be well mixed. So I'm going to put one in now. Like that. So it's fresh squeezed. Oh, and organic. I just sprayed it everywhere. And I have a million cuts on my hands, so that actually really stings. (laughs) Um, And then you're going to pour... How much are we pouring in there? Well, you know what? You're a bitch if you measure. So we just eye it. You know what I mean? If you're not growing hair in places after this, you're making too weak of a drink. I thought we were only supposed to grow it on our chest. Where? <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. You're going to find now some new places drink. with this song drink. So you're going to pour a little. So I'm doing a lot. So you have about, let's just say this much. I feel like that's a lot, but we're going to move past that because... It's bartender tour. You do okay. It's your show. Yeah, and I don't know anything about golf. So here we are. Then you're going to put your blended mix into, so this is, again, raspberries and pineapple, and it just dripped on my jeans. I'm going to pour that in so it's nice and blended. I had to make it a sound great. That did not sound great. Okay, that's because there's the fresh pineapple in it, Paige. Okay, I unmuted myself because we have a guest. 
Holly is joining us while we're uh, making drinks right now. Are Holly. You? Hi, guys. Hey, I Holly. White claw. Do I fit in? Yeah, we're, we're showing our drinks right now. Hey, <laughs> White Claw. So Wait, I'm making... What are you making? I just, I was using Safari, so I'm the asshole that couldn't get this to work. I needed Chrome, <laughs> so I couldn't see anybody until now. Um, can we see me? Am I... Yeah, you're looking fantastic. Over? No, you look great. There. there we go. How are you doing? Good. We are, the match just started, and we're making some drinks right now. So Tori's finishing up her uh, special drink of the day. And so what's you it got, called? So this is a tequila Tulum. We're picturing oh. ourselves on the beach, getting nice golden and tan, no face masks in sight. And you know so what I'm I adding yesterday? in. I sent alcohol. I sent um, a mag of 1942 to my friend in Miami. It was his birthday. There's an alcohol delivery service. Oh. Okay. So we sent this bottle, $300, and they couldn't deliver it without a driver's license. He didn't have his license on him. And the lady took it and kept it. The lady who was delivering it. How awful is that? Horrible. We've all had we've all had our fake IDs taken once a few times. Okay. She kept the alcohol, so I don't know if she's turning around and selling it. But who do you have winning the match today, Holly? I, against all odds, I have Phil and Tom winning, just based on only the fact that they looked like they were the most mentally with it on the driving range. Yeah, I went with Phil only because Josh went with tiger so i had to go the opposite but we're gonna go with it we're gonna make it work uh we're playing I mean, a fun little drinking game throughout all of this but it, it's it's good that they started but um i have it on mute right now has it been cheesy so far have you been watching it i watched them on the range with amanda and i liked how tiger was like like scuffing it around because i think that you and i should go to ranges and just like wear hats and hustle people like that i think we should act like we have no idea what we're doing on the range page and then just go play around with people and just like hustle them. Oh, I used to do that all the time. I would go and play with, you know, like a couple random guys in college and try to hustle them. That. And the first, first tee shot, I would whip it. And I'd be like, hey guys, do you want to play for like, you know, like yes. $20 yes. a hole? And they're like, yeah, 100% I'm in. And then I stripe it down the center and they're like, shit. Right. That's, that's we're screwed. a show. <laughs> that should absolutely be a show. Also, when we play our match, we're not playing in the rain. So whether it's Arizona or California, we're okay, not playing. Okay, let's court. be real. No one wants to see us looking like wet dogs. We're, our makeup would be like halfway down our face. Oh, I'd be melting unless we wore all oh, white. And we I was just going to say that. We could wear all white and all is forgiven. We're good. We what, do you guys think of what do you guys but think of Tiger's beard? I think this beard. alternate shot on the back nine is going to get super hairy. Like, that's really hard. I tell people, don't play alternate shot with your wife or girlfriend. Because that right. ruin relationships. No, alternate shot is the worst. We talked about that before. It's like the worst possible format ever. But Josh, I I like the beard. I think Tiger looks good with facial hair. You I like too. it? You're a go, yeah. you're a, oh, you're yeah. a go on the beard. Oh, yeah. It's almost like an evil villain. And I love oh, it. I think it's yeah. hot. Totally. Yeah. No, he looks good with facial hair. I think so he should Phil shave his hair off, though. He came, Phil said he came up with some mathematical formula why they're going to win today. Like, I don't know anybody who's funnier in the game of golf than Phil right now. Like, I we, think he's fascinating. We were talking about his hellacious speed earlier. <laughs> in the calves? In the calves. You know what else we're not doing is wearing white socks with black shoes. Is that what Tiger's wearing or those gray? Uh, honestly, Tiger can wear whatever he wants and in I think it's shorts? totally fine. You're right. Tiger can do whatever he wants. We, taught, we called them mom capris earlier. They're a bit long. Dude, They're almost Tom, like pedal pushers. Tom Brady's, <laughs> Tom Brady's too serious. You think so? I think yeah. he's just so he nervous. nervous. Yeah, I was like, can you imagine how nervous these guys are? Like, they don't play golf 
for a living and now you're having right. all of these people bet on you and they're going to see all of your bad shots like there's no editing out any of your your misses and they're like competitive as shit like nobody's more competitive than brady and he yeah. doesn't want to lose no matter how much fun it is um also serious though He's so we got his ball th- with the tee though i mean we got three golfers with two gloves phil's wearing them too both gloves tiger's the only one without double glove well and there you go Go well, in the rain. Doesn't wear two I mean, gloves. Do you guys get neurotic about the rain? I have to wear like seven gloves in the rain. I said no. I think it's a bad move to go with a double glove. Do you? Because it messes up your feel. Just have a ton of towels, dry towels, and you're good to go. Well, they're yeah, in carts. We too. have caddy for us, or will we just leave it open to charity? Oh, ooh. it'd be interesting. We could get some good caddies. Maybe we could have some guys bid on caddying for us, but uh, definitely not having Josh caddy for me. I don't trust his uh, <laughs> his course management skills. He's giving me like wrong numbers and shit. Yeah, it's actually a really Who good else move, PG. That's smart. Us, That's smart. I think it's just the two of us. And of us. oh yeah, I gotta practice though. Shit. I think so much better than I am. We gotta, we gotta practice. So we we were talking about the tailor-made match and how it was a fail. Uh, The commentators were bad. It was boring. Mm -hmm. As someone who was a commentator and who was doing working in broadcast, what do you think could have been done for it to be better? And what do you wish for matches like this? Who do you think? Who do you think they should bring out? Uh, As far as commentators. Yeah, or just anyone, personalities, anything to make it different I or think, interesting. I think it was a huge win that they brought out Charles Barkley because mm-hmm. I don't know anybody who doesn't like him as a broadcaster. He's like yeah. he's like Terry Bradshaw. It's like he can say anything. He can fuck up a million amount of times, and he's still funny and, like, the good – you know what I mean? Yeah. And he knows golf. All these guys know him. He's a great get. Um, and then he, they had, like, Samuel L. Jackson kind of um, announcing them on the first tee remotely. He's a good get as well. Of course, Capital One. Um, as far as other personalities, it's got to be somebody like that who's just kind of jolly and doesn't take himself seriously. That's the number one thing. Like I saw that you have Charlie Reimer coming up. He's one of yeah. my best friends in the world. That's why I love doing the morning show with him because it doesn't matter if the teleprompter goes down. Like you're, He's going to find a way to make it fun because at the end of the day, people don't notice if you're stumbling over their words. They notice if you're having a good time. So it's got to be somebody who, um, who just is lighthearted because these are supposed to be fun. No, I... 100% agree. Like analyzing it too much is take the fun out of it. You guys, we have our second surprise guest on, Holly. We're going to get back to you in a minute because we need to know who's looking like a snack out on that golf course. Course, not field this time. And <laughs> so, Paige, Lead us in. Uh, we have Charlie Reimer, former PGA Tour player. He, there he is. He, I love Charlie. We are both uh, Myrtle Beach ambassadors. And so he's going to tell us more about Project Golf and uh, what you guys, you know, donated to because the proceeds, portion of the proceeds are going to Project Golf. So, Charlie, thank you for coming on today. I miss seeing you. Yeah, I miss seeing uh, you as well, Paige. Uh, I can't believe uh, that I pushed Holly off of your show here. <laughs> that's the first time that's ever happened. I can tell you that for a fact. And uh, 
I, I uh, haven't seen Holly in a while. Uh, talked to her on the phone. Uh, well, I guess that's been a little bit uh, ago, but it was a lot of fun working with her on uh, Morning Drive on Golf Channel for for uh, several years. And uh, uh, she, she's a lot of fun, no doubt about that. We had uh, a lot of fun, but sometimes she wouldn't wake up very well for her 4.30 a.m. Uh, or 4.30 a.m. production meeting. So um, sometimes she was just coming in, I think, to that. <laughs> So uh, but a lot, lot of fun, and, and uh, I, I hope she's doing well. I know she's out on the West Coast now, but uh, good, good to see Holly. But, uh, yeah, I, you guys are a little bit tough following the commentary here. Um, I know that Medalist Golf Course pretty well. You're wanting them to just slap slap it. That's good. Let's go. That's about a five-footer, I think, for Phil. I want to play with you guys if you get five-footers all the time. I can tell you that. Charlie, Charlie. I have to give Paige five-footers. Oh, okay. That's the only way you can play, right? That's right. I, I refuse yeah. to put anything out side of six feet so if it's it's good i i'm picking it up and we're moving on so uh but we charlie we don't play the nice golf courses you know us. we play like the, the public golf courses. you used to you and they don't let you on them anymore right no, a band. <laughs> <laughs> but tell us about the golf course a little bit because i've never actually seen medalist i don't know much about it yeah, I've I've played it uh like probably a hundred times and wow. and um it's um uh, probably the hardest golf course I've ever played. And, and I, I don't really keep score there. I, I just, um, <laughs> my day is based on how many golf balls I lost when I play there. And the best I've ever done in a hundred rounds is just to lose three balls. Uh, that's how hard it is. <laughs> wow. And and there's nothing like the sound of a golf ball hitting a palmetto bush. And you hear that a lot at Medless, let me tell you. Uh, but it's, it's a really neat club. I had a lot of my buddies, a lot of my rich, it's great having rich friends, uh, join there. They were original members and I used to go down and play in the member guest every year and, and all that. In fact, I lost a playoff one time in the, and the member guest was like the second year the club was open. And it really makes me mad because my name would have been on the um, board in the big locker room in there uh, yep. if I had won it. And my cousin is the one that beat me. He made like a hundred foot putt on the first hole in a playoff. And I had like 10 feet for birdie. He makes it and I miss it. Now his name's on the board and mine's not. So I'm going to uh, interrupt for a quick second because I don't know if you know, but we're playing a drinking game. And right now, oh. whatever this means, a uh, fair way for Phil. Yes. Uh, so, so we have to drink now. Yeah. So we all have to drink. So hey, we're Charlie. we're getting some questions right now, and I I am actually fascinated to hear this. And it said, "Get Charlie to tell the Eric bathroom story." What is that? The what bathroom story? Eric bathroom story. Oh, I've got so many bathroom stories. I don't know which one that is. Uh, <laughs> my my humor is in the bathroom. Let me tell you that. So I, be, I better stay away from that. I don't know exactly. I don't know exactly which bathroom story that is, but I've had a few bathroom stories. One involved Jeff Sluman here at uh, Medlis. Uh, you, you're not a golf fan. You might not know who Jeff is, but he's a PGA, uh, PGA champion. But uh, um it involved me and Jeff and a bunch of the guys. I don't understand these guys in the locker rooms at the fan, the fancier the club, the more they're likely to just drop underwear and walk around naked and just <laughs> hop in the hop in the hot tub. I don't get that. Like, because I, I no don't. women are allowed, so yeah, they can do whatever oh, they want. <laughs> well, well, they have they have female members here, but just not in yeah. the male locker room. But um, and, and I, I'm so fat anymore that I can't wrap the towel around. They don't make towels big <laughs> enough to wrap them all the way around. I'm trying to come. That might be. I might go on Shark Tank with that, like a. A locker room towel extender, so I can get it all the way around my belly. Charlie, so. we got them. We got you. I'm with you. We they're, they're made. They, okay, they, they're I, I need made. like a bed sheet. Is what I need. 
Holly, and, this, and this and this pandemic has been horrible. My wife's a nurse. In fact, she just got called in today to extract a gallbladder or something. And uh, so I, I figure she's going in and doing all the nursing stuff during this pandemic, exposing herself. I do the cooking around the house. Ooh, and I have done some cooking. And uh, I've got my, my sauce game is A+. plus. I've got this sauce page. That I, if I ever open a restaurant, I'm going to call it. It starts with a stick of butter sauce. Because I do a stick of butter, garlic, uh, shallots, uh, mushroom, salt and pepper, beef stock, and, and and half a cup of marsala wine, and then I finish it not not with a like diet cream, but like with the the heavy whipping cream. Woo, baby, that's some good sauce right there. You can put that on a Nike tennis shoe, and it tastes good. Well, next time I'm in Myrtle Beach, you'll have to make that for me. But well, come on. I know I, I need to come back, but I, I do want to say that, you know, again, this is for a great cause and we're supporting Project Golf. And do you want to tell everyone what Project Golf is or a little bit more about it? Yeah, sure. Pro- Project Golf is a foundation that uh, launched uh, early last year. And what, what it's doing is it's sort of bringing some different elements in the game together. Uh, it, it, it's going to be very beneficial for junior golfers that live in the area. Uh, we, we've got a new facility that's coming online that's uh, – at the Barefoot Resort, it's a giant driving range. There are 72 holes at the Barefoot Resort. Really wonderful golf facility that's formerly the actually the Greg Norman International Golf School. So we're going to have programming for juniors there, which will be great. The, uh, and being a former junior golfer myself, some people tell me I'm still a junior, but uh, <laughs> that's a pro- is near and dear to my heart getting kids on the golf course. But here's the thing that's really cool about it. And, and Paige, I, I, I haven't talked to you about this, but I imagine you feel the same way. What golf does for our veterans, and in particular the ones that have been injured, is unbelievable. If you start looking at suicide rates among our, our injured vets, um, it's, it's uh, uh, appalling. And, and golf gets these vets out of the dark places that they're in and gets them together. And, and, they, and, they, and they love the structure of golf. They love the camaraderie of golf. And, and it, it literally saves their lives. And, and so Project Golf, we've got a lot of leadership at the top that, that's ex-military, also guys that are golfers, and, and Gene Augustine, who was a Marine, and, and, and Gary Shaw, who was a, a, an Air Force captain. Uh, they they uh, are both PGA professionals, and they're putting golf, our vets together. We're going to be able to provide some programming, get them to Myrtle Beach, uh, have some good tournaments for them and do a lot of outreach as well uh, with with uh, with the military community. And, and I just just love what that's able to do. And then uh, the, the third part of it is is helping some innovative ways and in, in trying to get some folks that are either lapsed golfers. They tried and they didn't like it um, or folks that are looking at it. Maybe they're watching. Maybe they're a Tom Brady fan. They're watching golf today and they go, hey, you know what? I, that golf looks pretty cool. Tom Brady likes it. Maybe I'll get into it. So we're doing some some interesting things with that and reaching out in, in different ways than some other organizations are to get people into golf and saying, Hey, it's, it's not all f- formal. It's not all a bunch of fuddy duddies. You can come out and hang out and have some fun and, and, and uh, play, play this game really any way you want to play. We're not going to make you play it the way we want you to play. We want people to come out of the golf course and, 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 wear what they want to wear. If they want to have something cold to drink, that's fine. But, but just be outside, enjoy the game, learn about the game and, and don't be intimidated by some of the stuff that's going on. So that's what, that's what we're doing with, uh, with project golf here in Myrtle beach. Well, I mean, that's so awesome. We've had so many discussions about growing the game of golf and what we need to do. And project golf is just that they're doing what they need to do and not just talking about it. And one thing I think is really cool too about you, Charlie is, 
we, and this it's kind of changed my perspective about golf and we're very different, but we all want the same thing. We want golf to be better. And even though we don't see eye to eye on maybe every little thing, we Mm -hmm. know that golf needs to evolve and it needs to change and it needs to be better. And so it's been fun to talk to you and to hear what you have to say and find those similarities. And I think we can all do more of that to improve golf instead of just being so black and white with it, where it's like, it has to be this way or it has to be that right. way. And it Ex- doesn't. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Without getting into politics, I, I, I try to be very libertarian about my golf. Uh, in, in other words, you should be able to play golf the way you want to play. And I should be able to play golf the way I want to play it. As, as long as we're not interfering with each other, who cares? Uh, so, so if you want to go out and play the rules of golf and I want to give five footers all day long and we're in a different group, fine. You know, if you want to listen to music, just don't have it turned up so loud that everybody on the golf course hears it. Just have sort of some common sense about it. And if we can do that in golf, then, then I think we'll attract more folks and, and um, we'll end up uh, helping some folks as well, whether it's kids, military, other folks. It's, it's golf. Golf is, and we've seen it during this pandemic. Golf brings people together and and they're finding out that it's one of the few things you've been able to do to get outside the house and be in a beautiful place and be with people you want to be. And, and now it's pretty cool to get some exercise. I'm seeing more people walking. And, and uh, so I I think golf in this pandemic is something that is really shining and it. And that, that to me is really neat. On the subject of walking. So I have to ask, this has been a hot discussion on our podcast. What do you think of push carts? You know, I've always been a big fan of push cart uh, oh! since since I got old. <laughs> so I'm I'm 52. I remember the PGA Tour champions, and and uh, I've got a push cart that's got a it's got a um, it's the coolest thing because it, it's got a, a battery on it, and it's got like a little the, the little remote control, and you send it out in front of you. And, and, and I love it. One of the guys that works on, on my home golf course here in, in Myrtle Beach, Watchesaw Plantation, uh, down on the south end of Myrtle Beach in Myrtle's Inlet, where I live, I was going around a corner and I had it in front of me. And one of the guys working on the golf course jumped out of his utility cart, jumped on my golf cart and was like holding it up in the air, thinking that I had a runaway cart. And I'm like, no, 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 it's good. It's good. But he was saving my cart from going off into the swamp somewhere. And I'm driving it in a remote control. So it, it's uh. Uh, that that's really cool. A regular uh, conventional push cart, I think, is a lot of fun too. So uh, just until I got to be fifty, I thought, well, I carry a bag and it's no big deal. But if you go out and play eighteen holes and it's hot and you carry a bag versus using a push cart, you feel a little better when you're done. Validation. <laughs> yeah, Char- you're you're part of push cart moth. Yeah. <laughs> Char- Charlie, you got a friend that wants to dispute something right God now. God damn it, you're. Stories are still so long, Charlie. Holly. Hey, Holly, how you doing? Get oh, her up, get story. her up there, hey, get her up tell there. Tell me about the one time that you got struck by lightning when you were on the toilet. Oh my goodness, that's that was <laughs> of all the stories I told you, that's the one that you remember. That's my favorite one. Oh, I was. I, by the way, good to see you, Holly. I, I hope you're doing you. well. I love you all the time. I keep yeah, you. Story about you. I should call you more. Well, well, um, I, let's catch up. I'd lo- love to catch up, but um, the story is. Um, I was trying to qualify for the U.S. Open at a golf course in Atlanta, and a, and a big thunderstorm rolled in, and and um, this thirty-six hole qualifier, you know, somewhere like in the middle of the the second round, and it's hot. I don't do very well in heat. Holly can tell you that. And uh, 
<laughs> and uh, so the storm settles in and I couldn't get back to the clubhouse. So I go into this um, you know, shelter and it's got like two bathrooms and there was a bunch of people that were there already. And my back is just killing me. It's starting to spasm and all this. And I had to sit down and the only place I could find to sit down was on the toilet in the women's bathroom. And so I'm sitting in there, you know, and my back spasming and, and, you know, lightning's popping everywhere and lightning hits in the, I guess it hits a sewer system or whatever. And it shoots up through the water into the one, into the woman's toilet and throws me <laughs> three feet in the air. Woo! <laughs> and, I, and I'm thinking, man, that'd Electrocuted be, on the women's toilet. Yeah. I mean, that'd sorry, be, ask what, how much we prepared every morning and half the time i'm like sometimes they would tell us that the show was getting extended by two hours it'd be a four-hour show with just me and charlie yeah, those and were the fun days make it work. Make yeah it work. yeah yeah but when I, everything was scripted i mean anybody can do a scripted show when they're yeah. like yeah y'all are going two more hours and that's that that's when i had the most fun me too yeah it's we always the, it's always the improv and they'd have the dirty jokes and then we say them on the air and people wouldn't know and <laughs> We kept ourselves entertained. So. Well, you guys are <laughs> watch Morning Drive since you've been gone. I haven't even watched. I don't even watch TV since yeah. I did my last show, December eighteenth, uh, twenty eighteen. Right. They asked me if I if I missed TV, and I'm like, I miss the people I work with. That's what I missed. Yeah, I keep I keep up with Damon Hack. Damon Hack's the sweetest person ever. Wonderful human being. Yeah. How old are his triplets now? Oh my God! Uh, you guys should have a drink. Uh, well, I don't think that's allowed in Myrtle Beach. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, Charlie, thank you so much for joining us today. You are one of my favorites, and I can't wait to see you again back in Myrtle Beach. So really appreciate you coming on today. Well, you got it. Appreciate you having me on. Holly's great seeing you. And Charlie, I'll see you soon. You got it. Y'all come on Myrtle Beach. We're open and ready for business. It's a lot of fun down here. <laughs> see ya. With Rhymer. Bye, Charlie. Thank you. Okay, thank so you Holly... We need the, have you been watching the match, the update so far? I've looked a couple times, and I will say Tom Brady looks absolutely miserable. <laughs> he looks like he wants to kill himself. That was a nice thing. little chip right there, a nice little touch off the short grass. But, uh, of course, it's Phil who's doing that. Um, I wanted to hear what Justin Thomas, how Justin Thomas is doing, actually, because I think this is his first broadcast. But I like him as a person. Have you spent time with him? I... <laughs> I'll tell a little story. So I grew up playing junior golf with him and um, we were really good friends. College, we would talk all the time. And even like the first couple years of him playing professional, we, every time I would see him, we'd always, you know, be very cordial, like friendly. And then all of a sudden I heard from you know, like multiple friends that he wasn't really saying nice things about me. So we had the since then, we've kind of had this weird little thing where, like, we'll be at the same events, but I don't say hi to him. He doesn't say hi to me. So I don't really know what happened since then. But I have always liked him as a person. I thought he was great as a friend. But, you know, I I haven't had, like, really any contact or communication with really? him, like, yeah, at all. But I think he'll honestly do a really great job at this. Him having that personal relationship with a lot of the players um he'll, he'll do a good job and he's not afraid to mix it up or talk shit and get into no, it so i think he was like the perfect choice to uh do this for sure but isn't that funny and like the golf world like through the grapevine and everything like how things change and things we hear and things that like yeah and that's the thing like you never know if it's just like hearsay or right. you know because rumors spread so fast in the golf world it's just right. basically like a high school the golf community is so small so you, you never know and so I 
I mean, I definitely have no hard feelings at all, but I, again, just have, I have no idea what happened and I haven't reached out and he hasn't reached out. So it's just kind of been this thing where he unfollowed me on Twitter and I unfollowed him and that's that. <laughs> Listen, the unfollow Holly, on Twitter is really the end of the relationship. Isn't it? It's true. Holly, <laughs> before you go, that's the, that's the dagger. Holly, before you go, Clint Quickshot wants to know, when are Paige and Holly teeing off against each other from Clint Quickshot? How soon can we get this together once the world starts again? I know. Well, we'll... We'll talk after this. We'll get this done. We need to see how these guys do because if they kill it, then we know how we need to up our game for when we play. But knowing you, knowing me, it will be definitely unfiltered and a match that people want to see. So uh, we'll work on that. But thank you so yeah, much I don't for think TNT and TBS will carry it. It's got to be yeah, no. um, someone who's a little more edgy. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, like a pay per view kind of event. We'll, yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll figure awesome. It out. Well, thank you again for coming on. You are. Oh, yeah, I'll talk to you. I'll be here. Perfect. You're the best. It's our favorite time of the podcast. Everybody, uh, take a sip of your drink. Ready. <laughs> do doom, do doom, do doom, do doom, do doom, doom, doom. It's doom. tea. It's just so awkward it's to do so that bad. in the it's video. So it's, it's so bad. bad. Like, it's, it's so bad. We single-handedly may need, this might be the last time we've ever done that before in our life. I'm not drunk enough for that. It's Nobody's drunk enough for that. Cheers. Oh, cheers, everyone. Let's kick off TNA. This one is from... Abby, my name is Abby. I've been playing golf and have been trying to break a hundred. Any tips and pointers on the best way to do this? That's a great question. Um, for no matter what level you're at, if you want to break 100, 90, 80, or even 70, it all comes down to your short game and getting your consistency and making good decisions. So uh, I think the easiest way is to practice your chipping and putting. So eliminate the double chips. Josh needs to listen to this one. But anytime I'm listening. I'm listening. <laughs> but anytime you double chip, that's just one extra shot that you're missing. And also with your putting. So a hundred yards and in, that should be your bread and butter. So work on that. And I always say if you're a newer golfer or trying to get your handicap down, working on your short game is the best thing that you can possibly do because you're learning to find the center of the club face. And by doing so, it actually helps your full swing as well. So spend I say 80-20. 80% on your short game, so putting, chipping, wedges, and then 20% on the rest of it, so your full swing, anything you need to do. But I see people go straight to the driving range and just hit drivers, and that's really not going to help you score at all. And then another really great tip is to work on your course management. Eliminate the stupid decisions. So it's so much better to make a bogey or a double than make a big number. And that's where I see a lot of people tend to shoot high scores is they'll try to pull up a shot that they've never tried before. So if you're behind a tree, instead of trying to work it around or pull off the shot that you've seen, you know, like Tiger Phil pull off, just chip it back into the fairway and then go from there. You're going to eliminate so many shots by doing so. So just be smart when you're playing and work on your short game. My favorite part is don't stop making stupid mistakes of that DNA. <laughs> 
Okay, how do you generally, oh, this is from C. Craig 3. How do you generally get better at chip shots? Practice, practice, practice. Leg still firm, wrist. What are your thoughts? There's so many different ways to hit a chip shot. And that's what I love so much about chipping is you can have so much creativity. And there's not one right way or wrong way to hit a chip shot. There's so many different techniques as well. Some people like to have more like a straight arm back and through. Some people like to be handsy. I am a handsy player and I feel like that's the best way for me to hit my shots. And I think the best way to practice is to find one technique that you really like, but try them all. You want to be able to get touch and by doing so you're going to get touch. So if you hit chip shots with a seven iron, trying to flop it with an eight iron, trying to, you know, hit it high flop shots, trying to be creative with it that's how you're going to get touch and feel so don't be don't feel like you can only practice one shot because that's the shot you're going to use on the course practice everything do everything that you can do to try to get better that's what I did so I would go out there with you know three or four clubs and I would hit one shot with all the clubs so it'd be a flop shot so I'd hit with my wedge my pitching wedge my nine and then eight and five iron and I would have to keep doing that over and over again until I would pull the shot off and so when you're out there practicing practice the hard shots. Don't give yourself preferred lies. Try to give yourself realistic lies. You're going to get on the golf course and just test yourself. And my all-time favorite chipping drill is the up and down drill. So you have nine balls and you have your whatever club you're going to chip with and your putter and you have to get up and down nine times before you can leave. Interesting. I'm learning a lot while we're doing this. Everybody take a sip. We've got Two more questions coming at you. Can I just can I just jump in real quick because I'm supposed to be a little bit of a play by play here. Uh, first long drive, Tiger was the only one that hit the fairway. Uh, <laughs> Phil's way off. No one can even find anyone else's ball. So just just letting you know that. Um, even though I should have been listening to your chipping more, but I've actually heard it. So it's I love your TNA. It's you give such good TNA. <laughs> and all of the drills that I normally talk about in TNA are on my YouTube channel. So if you want to go check out my YouTube channel, you can see me actually doing the drills and um, going through everything that I just talked about. By the way, the girls look amazing today, PG. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I, uh, I, well, it's so funny because I was promoting this event and someone said, you're not selling it. Like, what What are you going to do to get us to come? And I'm like, I'm going to wear a low-cut shirt. So I said that, and I had to hold my end of the bargain. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this one's from Clint. Quick shot. Paige, every time I line up my shot with my feet and shoulders, why does it still miss where I'm aiming? Okay, so alignment is... I, there's a next question that's popped up and I want to answer it next. Um, we'll answer so, it now and then we'll do the alignment. Okay, okay. It said, Paige, are you wearing a push-up bra or do they stand at attention like that naturally? So I actually get this question a ton. And <laughs> I'm so I, interested in this. No. So that's why I wanted to answer this one. Cause it actually kind of bothers me. Um, I don't wear heavily padded push-up bras. I think when people look at me, when I first started posting on Instagram, I was much smaller and my whole frame was smaller. So my boobs were smaller. I was like 20 pounds lighter. And so they, I just have changed over the years, um, being on birth control, gaining weight, 
um, they just have gotten bigger. So no, I don't use push-up bras or try to Photoshop to enhance them. They've just naturally gotten bigger and uh, they, they sit up actually pretty high. So I think I show them off so much in my pictures because I think that's like my best quality and I'm like proud of them in this weird sort of way. Um, so it's just, you know, people like their eyes. Some people like their legs. I like my boobs. So I just wanted to answer that question. <laughs> we'll get back to alignment. Uh, so alignment is one of the biggest problems for all golfers of all levels. If you're ever hitting it wrong or uh, struggling with where you're hitting it, always check your alignment first. And one drill I like to do is I go through my entire routine. I set my club down. I set my feet down. and I, I get ready to hit it. And right before that, I will stick the, my golf club on my toe line. Then I'll go back and see where my, my toes are lined up. Most of the time you think that you're lined up correctly, but you're really open or you're shut. So you're not missing it right or left. You normally just align there. So do this drill where you go back and forth um, 10 times where you keep doing this drill where you set up, put your club down and see if you're lined up in the right way. And that's the best way to go about it. And, and just real quick to jump in, um, PG, you'll agree with me. Your your feet and shoulders should not be aimed at the target. They should be aimed parallel to the target, like train tracks, correct? Yeah. And um, one thing I like to do when I'm working on my alignment on the range is I'll have two sticks and I'll put one on my toe line. And yeah. so when I am standing, it's really hard to explain, but when I'm standing behind it and I have my one stick pointing where my toe line is, the flag is just off to the right of it. And so I'll grab my other stick and I'll line it next to the stick that's on the ground and I'll shut my eye. So my most dominant eye is lining it up. And then from there, the it should be the stick that's your toe line, the stick that's inside of it, and then the flag is right next to it. So a lot of people think that you need to line it, align it way left of the target, but that's not actually true. It's very close to it. So your toe line should actually be very close to your target line, if that made sense. <laughs> Before we get to the next one, everyone keeps asking, Paige, what is the correct way to pronounce your dog's name? Nico. It's N-I-K-O. Seriously? Like Nico. Seriously? That's like that's that's a that's a big question. Yes. People love my dog. It's been going know, since the you... beginning. You say Nico all the time. Well, it, it's funny because someone left a comment on my Instagram the other day, and they said it's 50% boobs, 50% dog. And I have never been more accurately described more than in that comment right there. <laughs> I, I'm gonna, I'm just going to tell you guys right now, like I've been watching this, this thing, and Tom Brady's the lemon of the group. I'm just saying. Lemon, that's bad, Tor. Pro I know. I just got defensive. I was yeah, waving my hand. Your dude is the limp. By the way, I'm now in love with Chris Long as well. So, like, that makes that makes the full Monty. But but Tom Brady's freaking lemon on this show. Josh is sauced right now. I'm kind of loving this. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. This shirt, it's shirts coming off. I got him. I got a bro, I got a brosier. I got a well, man man bra. What are they called? Brosiers or man boobs? No, but the we got one it's a Seinfeld. You guys don't watch Seinfeld. You're too young. Yeah, we're not old. We have one more left, so let's make it our best one yet. Sazi D S Sazi Sazi D S Con one. 
Paige, love your advice. Which company is a good starter company to buy from, like to buy gear for golf beginners? Well, that's a great question. And I just want to say hi because he comments on everything and he's like our biggest supporter. So thank you for watching today that you're awesome. Um, I always tend to say that Callaway makes a really great beginner set of clubs. I don't think you, I'm a huge, huge advocate for getting fit, but I don't think you need to do that for your very first set of clubs. So I would say Callaway makes really good beginner sets. TaylorMade also makes a good kid set. Um, but I would just kind of search online um, for a discount set of clubs. I don't really think that it matters that much when you're first getting started because um, you're just trying to figure out how to find contact and work on your swing. And the most important thing is that they fit you lengthwise and they aren't too heavy. But after that, it really doesn't matter what the brand is. Once you get a little bit better, that's when you're going to want to get fit for a set of uh, golf clubs in don't be brand loyal. So very beginning, go to search for any discount clubs you can find. Make sure that they aren't too heavy for you and that they're the right length and then know when to switch to a better set. And that's when you're starting to get more into it and hitting it more consistently. But in the very beginning, it doesn't really matter. When it comes to apparel, I say just get workout clothes or whatever you have in your closet. No use in trying to spend so much money early on in buying all new golf clubs or golf clothes. So uh, just be smart about it. You don't need to spend a lot of money. And I think that's a big misconception about golf is that it is expensive. And it is when you get to a, a different level or higher level. But in the very beginning, you can do it on a low budget where you're, you can even probably get clubs for free um, or you know, talk to your friends because a lot of people have just clubs laying around everywhere because they're always getting the new driver coming out or, you know, every six months. And so what do they do with that old driver? It sits in their garage. So you can even reach out to your friends and ask them if they have any clubs that you can borrow. Good job, PG. Can I say something? Can I say something? You're um, going to. Yeah, I'm going to. So I complimented PG on the girls, but Pro Tour. You're like the L.A. hottie right now. So slide into her DM. <laughs> I know. I was looking for all of the um, pickup lines waiting for Pro Tour, but they'll probably be in her DMs right after this. But I, I, <laughs> I just want to say to everyone who joined us today, thank you so, so much. I was very nervous about doing this. I have never done a live show before. I had a ton of anxiety about it. I tried to get out of it multiple times. <laughs> That's not, true. <laughs> not because I didn't want to connect with you guys on this kind of level. It's just because it's, it's nerve wracking because you have to be on. And I didn't know if people would actually join. So for you to be here and to join and to uh, love our podcast and what we're doing really means a lot to me. So yeah, thank you guys so much for joining us. And I can't wait to watch the rest of this match. Same. Hey, PG, you did a great job. You did a great job. Thank you all for coming. It was so fun. Paige, yeah. you killed it. Uh, we're, we're done. We did it. Uh, again. We did it. Thanks so much. And you guys can catch our podcast every week. You guys know where to find us. I mean, you guys are the loyal fans, so it's not even like I have to say anything. You, you're, you guys are the best. So, again, much love from us. We really appreciate it. I hope you guys enjoyed this. I want to also thank... Chris Long and Holly Saunders and Charlie Reimer. I think everyone now has the biggest man crush 
or girl crush on Chris Long. So he killed it. Go check out his podcast. He's awesome. One of my favorite guys. So yeah, thanks again. I think that's that's all from us here. That's all. And just remember to follow us on the Playing Around podcast and email us par at iheartradio.com for any of your TNA questions for Paige Renee. Woo! Okay, so we finished our live and now we're doing a recap on how we thought the match ended up. And I'm just going to say I thought they absolutely killed it. I loved how it was a bit raw. You kind of didn't know what was going on, but at the same time, you could totally hear what the guys were saying. I loved how the commentators didn't talk over them. Um, The banter was really great. I thought out of everyone, Tiger was the weak link. Uh, Phil Fucking Phil. He was born to do this. Like, he thrived in this environment. I thought he did great. He was awesome. Um, all in all, I thought it was a success. I think Justin Thomas did a really great job. I wish Amanda Balionis did a little bit more commentating. I wish they brought her in a little bit more. Um, but Charles Barkley was great. All in all, I think it was a massive success and so much better than all the previous matches. $20 million raised is the first thing I'm going to say. So, like, that that in and of itself is great. Um, I'm, I'm down with what PG says. I think Peyton Manning was the GOAT of really? this one. Oh, my God. I love because he played well. So, Tiger, Tiger didn't in, in sort of he, – he kind of – like you said, he didn't really indulge in the speak, but he played amazing – um and hit all he hit every fairway yeah like tiger just being there and playing well he did his job and then tom brady just sucking and then all of a sudden making just holding out from the fairway that is just the description of golf and why we love it and hate it so much where you can't even find the center of the club face and then you hole out from the fairway we i screamed when that went in that when that shot went in and then he ripped his pants he ripped his pants yeah. after. <laughs> like, yeah, like, that is the best thing ever. I, 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 He was great, and it was so funny to watch his demeanor change from the very beginning where he was very serious, and he looked nervous, and he, like, didn't want to be there because he was playing bad, and I'm sure he was, like, embarrassed, and all of a sudden he made that shot, and he was just trash-talking, and it was – he was great. I thought he was – I like him so much better now than I did – previously i i well i i would say this like i i you know i you know i have a preferential hate for tom brady <laughs> of course the guy cans one jars one from what one 140 150 like typical tom brady like luck and amazement but it was a great shot like it spun back in i would say it was it was it was like the perfect tom brady appearance and he and he and he and then he and then he cans the eagle putt for for when when Phil drives the green or just off the green. Um, so like it kind of really irritated me how <laughs> good he played on the back nine. That's my daddy. What your daddy? Your daddy was good for the game. I loved. I loved. I thought Phil was trying his hardest. Um, like you said, Amanda, not enough. JT was good in spots, for, like basically for a professional golfer. He was a good commentator. 
I still think they needed another. I, I think they needed someone non-golf in there to mix it up a little, a little bit. A hundred percent. Like I think we could always pick on certain things that could have been better. And, but compared to previous matches and the mess that was the tailor-made match, this was a flying success and everyone involved should be so proud. I think it made golf look good. I think it made all of the guys look good. It was fun to watch these amazing athletes struggle. I mean, watching yes. Tom Brady and Payne Manning. Payne played great, but like he still had his shots. But it was fun to see them like go through that stress of what golf is and what we all feel because we when we see golf on TV, we only see the best players in the world do it, and they never really miss shots. And if they do, they're not showing them on TV. And so it was fun to see guys miss fairways and struggle on a difficult golf course. And I it made them seem real. They were laughing about it. They had good attitudes. Again, I mean, they raised so much money and they killed it. I, I we could always pick on what could be better, but all in all, it was amazing. It was entertaining. <laughs> what did you think of, so like we got this idea that alternate alter, alternate shot would, would get some F-bombs, which it did, except Tom Brady was saying, darn it. Can we talk about the fact that Tom and Phil were calling each other babe and baby? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck was that? Like that I'm was the here for thing. it. I'm kind of here for it. <laughs> Okay, Tori, you only say that because you're imagining Tom calling you baby and babe. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like a confident man that could be like, hey, baby, like, good swing out there. That means he has a good sense of humor. He does not have a good sense of humor. No, but it was you. like one too many times. I would say if it was yeah. like once, then it would be like, okay, fine. But it was a continuous like... Babe, yeah. babe, you know, it's like a new couple when they first get together and it's like, yes. babe, every like third thing. It's like, oh, babe, get that babe, 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 baby, babe. And I'm just like, shut up. Please stop saying babe, baby. Totally agree, PG. Totally but that, agree. that's that's like a couple pet peeve of mine, too, when people like overdo that. So maybe that is just something that like fr- like I noticed more than other people. But that was weird. Like that that made me uncomfortable. They were trying really hard. Tiger didn't try enough. Um, I, I like, like that was the thing. It was like I I actually really felt for Phil because I could tell he was trying so hard to entertain. He was trying <laughs> to tell everyone what this is and what pros go through, and it wasn't. It was whatever, but the babe, the babe and the baby thing was so weird. It was so weird. weird. I don't know. That that was like an interesting twist, but it it was cool to have Justin doing the on course because he is younger. And so I'm sure it brought in, you know, younger golfers, like more of his audience, because I know he has a pretty large fan base of um, millennial golfers or whatever you want to call them at this point. But um, I thought that was a really good decision to have him there. And then Charles Barkley, he could say absolutely nothing and it's going to be amazing. Like it just the Agreed. way he says it, like it, it just makes it so funny and so good. And he's saying nothing. It's nonsense, but it's hilarious every time. Agreed. More. We needed more Charles Barkley. 
JT, all right, first of all, I've got a little slant on JT. I don't like him anymore because of PG. But he did, he just did okay, which is what's expected of a pro golfer announcing. So, like, he rose to his medium expectations. I don't like him anymore because of PG. I feel like sometimes he was trying a bit too hard. Yes. I feel like sometimes he Someone was trying a bit too hard better. with like the nicknames and, you know, always yeah. trying it just call them by their name. Like just, Cheetah. just once, Cheetah. just once, <laughs> just once. But yeah. Hey, I mean, I think it reflected well on golf and hopefully it will get more people into the game. I mean, that's kind of our whole goal here. And, um, Tom and Payne, they were really great sports. I mean, Tom Brady was getting blasted on social media. I mean, he was playing so bad in the beginning. No way he's an eight handicap. No way. No way. And he was hitting three wood. Talk about a bitch. He couldn't even take his drive. Well, I will say. Long Long drive for the amateurs. Long drive for the amateurs. He hits a three wood. Yeah, well, I can't say anything on that because my oh. entire pro career, I had the yips with my driver, so I could only hit three woods. So I, I sympathize with him on that one. So no. I, I'm not going to say he's a bitch because I have done that. I have been there when you're standing on the tee box and you're lining up and you're like, this is going the shit. I don't know if it's the right shit or the left shit, but it's going in the shit. <laughs> so might as well play smart, take a three wood and hit it in the fairway, especially like for the alternate shot. It takes the pressure off. It would be stupid for him to take driver all the time and then put the pressure on Phil to not be able to go for it. Long drive contest, PG. He wasn't going to win. I mean. <laughs> why? Why wasn't? Why, why, why not try? I mean, well, look, now we'll, we'll never know. I'm a, I'm a guy with yips. We're doing this for charity. We have got, you know, there's probably 50 million people watching. Let's call this what it is. It's entertainment. It is not golf. It is entertainment golf. So bring, let the big dog eat. Yeah, you could just tell, though, during the beginning of it, Tom Brady was so pissed. He was just like, why am I out here? I'm so embarrassed. Take me off the golf course. And we've all been there, right? Especially when you start off rough and you're on hole number one or two and you're like, how am I going to get through the rest of this round? I have four and a half hours left. Kill me now. And you have to somehow get through it. And we all do and we all hate it. But then it always like brings that one shot back in that pulls you back into the game. So it was fun to watch. I, I enjoyed it. Um, I, and I liked, I honestly, I know I said this in the live that I didn't like the carts. I liked the carts. I thought it was a nice touch. I liked the, um, the writing, uh, film that they had when they were like kind of talking to the camera and like looking around. And I thought the rain actually added like a really nice touch. Like it just added to the torture of what was happening. Like I love watching people struggle when they play golf because golf is just such a mental mind fuck. And so even to have like the, the rain going down and having these guys struggle through it and like the camera got every single shot, you could not hide. And so they were just out there struggling, getting through it. And it, it was, it was perfect. I loved it. Well, and in TV, like what, what, what you don't know with rain is that looked kind of bad on TV what that is in real life is really a lot of rain. It's a torrential downpour. Everyone was joking about, you know, the, the Caddyshack. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> and 
I will give Tom credit. He was the first to do the. I don't think this tough stuff will come down for some time now. So I will give Tom credit. I I hate him. I give him credit. He was he he he. He delivered on that on that note. I do want to say, though, that it was so funny to watch them try to do the social distancing, you know, like high fives and fist bumps. <laughs> Nothing is dorkier than watching people do an air fist bump. <laughs> you could tell, like, every time they were, like, wanting to touch each other so badly. And it was just, like, this, like, internal struggle that they were having with each other. Like, can I touch? No, I can't do it. But then the, the stupidest part about all of it is they were doing alternate shots, so they were playing the same golf ball. They were touching each other's balls, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> playing with each other's balls, and they're oh worried about a fist bump. <laughs> PG for president! That's, it's true, it's, though. No, it's so true. It's hysterical. That's so true. But And, and, and then the, the, the one thing I do want to say is, like, so we started getting late in the in the, in the broadcast, and you knew we, they were late because they had the delay. Sixteen through eighteen happened twice as fast as ten through twelve. Like yeah, they they didn't break for commercial; they just balled through it. They went they went Amanda, they went JT, then boom, next shots. Then they went to Barkley, and then it was boom again. I mean, like. That's the way that should have been shot. That thing could have been three hours. A hundred percent. But I mean, with all the commercial breaks and they wanted to draw it out as much as they possibly could. So I, I get it. I don't think it was their fault. I don't think they were wanting to play that slow. It's probably why Tiger at like hole 13, he looked like he just wanted to walk off the course. Uh, yeah. it, it, he's like, just get me. They were probably hoping that the rain would come down so hard that they only had to play nine holes. Like that's how I was my entire playing career i was like praying and hoping for bad weather so i could stop playing <laughs> they're just like more rain please more rain so we can just stop doing this but again i think it was success and tori i want to know your thoughts on the match because you actually watched some of it during our watch party and it's probably the first golf on tv you've ever seen I mean, it's definitely entertaining, like just seeing the banter out there compared to other golf tournaments, but I do prefer everything to be live versus it being like on TV. So I still always feel disconnected when it's on TV versus like being there on the, the lawn, the course, the course. What do you call that? Like when you're not on the golf course, but you're watching from like the sidelines. But like, what is that in golf terms? The grass. <laughs> it's not the lawn. I mean, essentially it is. It's the grass. Yeah, the, gra- the grass sounds lamer than the lawn. The grass sounds lamer than the lawn. We don't like really have a, like a designated area that you watch from. I mean, the stands, but not <laughs> everywhere is the stands. So it's either like the grass or the stands. So you're right. It's a lawn. We'll call it the lawn from now on. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. That is a one pointer. Pro Tour and NPG. I'm a number one completely like uh, admitted Chris Long fan for life. <laughs> you two ladies go. I think we could have an entire podcast. So... I was just staring at Tori the entire time, and she was straight giggling, like Smitten. giggling. <laughs> Smitten. I would like look down at her, and she's just 
had the biggest smile on her face. She never has that smile when I'm talking. What, what's that about? <laughs> I'm offended. You need to look at me like that. Literally smitten kitten. Like that guy couldn't have, he could have read the phone book and I would have been drawn. I know. He like said something and you were like, oh my gosh, you're so right. <laughs> Paige, if you have if you have any other friends that look like Chris, feel free to send them my way. Yeah, by the way, Pro Store, I'm with you, dude. I was like, he's so cute. <laughs> he is the ultimate man. Like, he is athletic, sure. he's funny, he's smart, he seems like a family guy, and he's yep. charitable. I mean, you couldn't package yep. someone that is nope. more perfect. Right Perfect there, guy. I agree. I agree. That that is daddy right there. If anyone was curious, when Tori says daddy, <laughs> she's referring to Chris Long. <laughs> Chris Long is gonna literally li- no. Chris Long is going to listen to this, and he's going to give us all restraining orders. <laughs> we are done after this. Totally agree. Totally agree. All in all, I thought the live was successful. Um, it was better than. I thought it was going to go. So I don't know about you guys. I was, I totally was dreading it. I did not want to do it. I have, I haven't been sleeping cause I was like so nervous about it. I took like half a bottle of like CBD oil this morning. I just like, could not even deal with it. PG, it was amazing. You were amazing. Everything about it was wonderful. I, I, we need to get the, the drink though. What, what? I don't even know what's in the drink. I don't even know how you made it. We need to redo that at some point because I'm sure everyone is dying to know what the drink was. The tequila Tulum. <laughs> I poured a lot of tequila you guys at that TNA. Both sloshed by the end of it. <laughs> I was not. No, Josh was. I would own up to it. I wasn't, but I definitely felt my drink because I was like, I had put tequila in the blended mixture and then I was like oh shoot I need to show them how much tequila to add to it so I basically had to like double my drink just for the show but then I had nothing else to drink but that one so I was like okay I could tell Josh was more gone by the way his hat was tipping so like (laughs) like the more crooked it would get the more black he was getting by the end of it his like half off his face (laughs) You know what? You know what? There's no promises here. I never said I was going to be sober. Oh, my gosh. Well, I think it made for great content. Today was a fun day. I just want to thank, again, Chris Long for coming on and making all of our dreams come true. (laughs) And then... Seriously, when his face popped up, I looked directly at Tori and it was just she was blushing. You guys, I'm not going to lie. I love a good NFL athlete. I will not hide away from that. He's the best one. I know. Well, he he did a great job. He's a fun interview. And obviously, Holly and Charlie Reimer as well. um, They were awesome. And then everyone who tuned in for the live. That was that was cool. I thought it was going to just be like two of my parents. That was it. My mom and my dad. No one else. <laughs> Paige, you killed it. Everyone in the whole od- like audience, I don't know how to phrase that, in the whole chat, everybody that was there attended. It was so great. And it just like just shows how amazing of a platform you have underneath you because all those people were just so kind and sweet and supportive. That's your following. We got to do it again because there were so many questions I wanted to pepper in to you, Paige, that I was reading 
but it was it just wasn't it, it just didn't work that way but there were so many really good questions from your from your your fans yeah, we'll definitely do another live show at some point. I think everyone enjoyed it. I'm glad I got over the first one, so I'm not going to dread it. Like I, I'm not lying when I was trying to get out of it any way possible. <laughs> I think everyone on my team was trying to just kill me because I, I was so nervous about it. But So that is all for our episode of Playing Around today. I hope you guys enjoyed the match and doing the live watch party with us. We'll be doing more of those in the future. And that is all. I hope to see you guys. I always end my my YouTube videos like that. I'm like, I'll see you guys next Thursday. But then I realize it's different with a podcast. So, can so Tori, can you end this? I just I can't do it right now. Follow us at Playing Around Podcast on Instagram and email us at par at iheartradio.com. Bye, guys. Follow Playing Around with Paige Renee on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. 